You're listening to In The Mix, the Great British Bake Off podcast. My name is Gria, and this week I'm joined by JP to discuss biscuits. Hey, JP. Yes, it's the best topic ever, isn't it? I love a biscuit. I know, how is our job discussing biscuits? I don't understand how one day every year we have to discuss biscuits. It's such a hard job, but someone's got to do it. I mean, I'll, I'll take it for the team, I'm fine. Exactly. It's much, much easier than sitting in an office, pretending oh, to yeah. care about people's weekends, you know, <laughs> things like that. What did you do at the weekend? I don't care, I just want to talk biscuits. Exactly. That was me when I worked in an office. Please stop telling me about your children. I just ate a good Twix and let me tell you about it. That was me. We love a kick. Biscuit Week, it started off well again. I'm so excited because this season of the Bake Off seems to be going brilliantly well, mainly because we're still at that stage where we find out new things about the bakers and they're just all eccentric still. And the first signature challenge where they had to make 24 identical brandy snaps with a good shape, but any shape I've written down. But that must be a quote from <laughs> the show. Shape. Any shape, Any. but a good shape. Uh, they could be coated, dipped or filled. And during this challenge, we found out a lot more interesting things about the bakers. Um, first of all, because we had a bit of a discussion about malt loaf last week and no one over the age of 30 being able to know what it is or eat it. Brandy snaps. Is that another one like malt loaf? Have you had a brandy snap? I have never had a brandy snap. I didn't yes. know what it was. When I saw the preview last week, you were so excited by that. Um, when I saw the preview last week, I thought they were making like cannolis, those Italian pastries. And I thought, yep. oh, do you know what? A Giuseppe challenge here, going to be brilliant. But a couple of the ones that we saw had that sort of cannoli shape. Um, no, I've I've never had a brandy. I don't even think I've seen brandy sha- shaps. Brandy snaps <laughs> like in Grant the shaps. shop. <laughs> Grant shaps. <laughs> a lot of transport this yes. week. The truckers love a brandy snap. <laughs> there's Um, there's none around how would we know (laughs) (laughs) that's how we're going to sort out the crisis pay them in brandy snaps um yeah i i've never even seen them in the shops i don't know if you can buy i don't know if you can buy them i I don't know if you can buy them they're quite delicate they're sort of like could you put mass produce them and put them in a packet probably not if they've got like a creamy filling i don't know i've not seen them literally three minutes in i'm going to the supermarket groceries app on my phone um, <laughs> and checking already, already I'm doing the research well, I've heard snaps. of brandy snaps because I think they're, yeah. I think maybe my mum or my nan has made them over Christmas time I feel like they're a festive treat um, where people eat them mostly I might be wrong, we might maybe. get comments from people saying I eat them in February <laughs> it's perfectly fine um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know it's not, it's not really something I'd class as a biscuit really, it's not custard no, cream well, it's not bourbon well exactly, I mean, can you dunk it? If you can't dunk it, it's not a biscuit. Having said that, it's got booze in it, some of them. So, uh, you know, I'm sure some people just like it as a nice solid way to eat alcohol. But Exactly. When were the spoons <laughs> maybe shut for refurbishing or something? I can just snack on the brandy snaps with a cup of tea and it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, fine. You're, you're right. It isn't a dunkable biscuit. And maybe we have to classify biscuits as something that you can actually dunk. That might be a very British thing to say. But I do actually <laughs> think that should be the classification. I like that. That that would sort out the whole Jaffa cake, is it a biscuit, is it a cake thing as well, which we end up debating every year. But uh, I yeah, I think if, if it's dunkable, biscuit. Makes it a biscuit, exactly. So we had some quite uh, wild flavours again, which is great. I'm enjoying everyone's different styles and personalities and backgrounds all going into their flavour combinations. Um, but we also had, as you say, some of the cannoli-shaped type brandy snaps. And I think they're the more mm. traditional ones. But people were making brandy snap baskets, which seemed easier to put the filling in because really you just needed a spoon rather than any piping <laughs> technique. So I thought they yeah. were quite good. 
It was genius. And if, with the thing as well of them, uh, you know, wanting them to be uniform, I was sitting there last night, I think Lizzie's ones were one of the ones with the baskets. And I thought, actually, you, you can't make them uniform, really. You know, whereas the cannoli ones, they need to be perfect in the right sort of um, circumference, I use fancy words, um, diameter, whatever, and those <laughs> sorts of things. With a, brand, a basket, you just sort of cut it out with a cutter and just squidge it or something. You know, it's, it's not going to look uniform. So it's a bit of a cheat there. I was like, I quite like that way of doing it. It is. They always say things mm. have to look perfect. And they said that about the technical this week. It has to look perfect. It has to look neat. And it has to look identical. Yeah. How on earth are you meant to create anything that looks identical? I, I just don't get it. So... Um, we had a few interesting flavours. One of the main flavour combinations this week with the brandy snaps seemed to be a coffee theme. We had an espresso martini from Chiggs. Freya did her cappuccino one. Um, and I th- I, there was quite a lot of discussion about how different people say espresso or cappuccino. <laughs> coffee was quite a big thing on Twitter last night. I get told off a lot. By just in my general, girlfriend. but just in general, yeah. No, uh, for calling it espresso, I, I don't know oh. why I do when it's not, uh, you know, and I know it's espresso, but yeah, I always call it espresso, I get it wrong all the time. So, I am, I saw that debate on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, I'm one of those people to get it wrong all the time, yeah. You're only um, up to it though, I, I am. I'm like, do you know what? I'll, I'll take it, but I, I liked the coffee theme last night, I thought that would work well with the brandy, and I've got to say, I thought Freya's one, um you know, really clever idea to to sort of think about the cappuccino side of things. Having said that, she said that she would put flavours in her cappuccinos. I don't, I don't mess with that. No, you but just I, want I, a pure I, cappuccino. Yeah, like I'll, I'll stick syrups in a latte any day of the week, if I do most days. But cappuccino, I don't mess with a cappuccino. That's, That's true. Weird. I don't tend to order a cappuccino. I'm always a latte and then you can go vanilla latte, hazelnut latte, exactly. pumpkin spice latte. There's no pumpkin spice mm. cappuccino, is there? I think Italians no. might get upset, maybe. <laughs> they might too. They might they do. They might do. Um, we'll offend another nation. I know, I know. Um, but Freya, again, she obviously is vegan. And we talked about her last week, adapting her bakes. Um, she did a coconut-based vegan coffee cream in this one, which I thought would be really good because everyone puts different milk in their coffee these days. So actually, it's not so unheard of that the, bake- the other bakers and contestants might think, oh God, what is that? It's a vegan dish, you know, as some people act mm. like on Twitter. I thought a coconut-based vegan coffee cream sounded really good. Um, yeah, it was but- a nice idea. And I like the fact that actually by episode two, we're now not pushing the veganism too much. They didn't really mention it last night. Whereas in the first episode, they were like, Freya's a vegan. And, you know, something that last night, well, I mean, they might have done and I might not have heard. I mean, that's a totally <laughs> different story. Um, but it didn't seem like they were pushing the veganism no. too much last night. No, we found out a bit more about Freya's character this week, as we did with quite yeah. a few more of the bakers. Instead of veganism being her main aspect of her personality, this week they concentrated <laughs> on the fact that she's like a a prize show jumper and she has a horse called Winnie who actually makes an appearance in biscuit form later on. Um, but that was enjoyable. Everyone was saying how she says cappuccino like that. Cappuccino. Cappuccino. Um, I think it's going to be her catchphrase. If if (laughs) she's ever on, well, she will be at some point on extra slice, even if she wins Joe Brown and Tom Allen, they'll be bringing up cappuccino. Definitely. Cappuccino. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I uh, when I heard her voice the first week, I was a bit like, oh no, oh no. Because <laughs> I don't know, there's just, it's not even and her accent, it's just her, her voice. This is really, really offensive to her, isn't it? I'm so sorry, Fred. No, but I know what you mean. There was that clip of her going around at the beginning when she talked about um, using that Aquafina and um, she basically said to Prue, like, oh, it is a bit of a faff, isn't it? But she was so like 
kind of ah <laughs> oh, yeah you know very yeah. different to like, how Prue wind speaks up. Like, come on <laughs> She's like, so, so laid back. Laid back. <laughs> yeah, they all are. They're quite a laid back bunch, some of them. Um, Je- they are. They're lovely uh, this year. I know. Jezino's quite laid back. Uh, Giuseppe is. Jürgen, he's just yeah. so clear in what he's doing all the time. So they're all kind of like, they're not showing that the pressure is getting to them just yet. No, um, no. It's, someone, and it's week two. It, it might come in, but yeah, they're, might they're do. doing well so far. Someone who maybe isn't letting the pressure uh shown but she is really letting her eccentric wonderful personality out there this week is lizzie every week she just has some gems and we found out a bit more about her this week so week one she had a sticker of a topless apparently six pack for hollywood on her mixer which mm-hmm. okay each to their own um yeah. but we've now found out that she has a dog called prudence and i just wonder if she yeah. was named after prue leith apparently the dog's a social media star as well Oh, didn't didn't get that bit. Um, yeah, I mean, she, you're right. She is eccentric this year, and I I think she's a great character. Some of the things she came out with the, the signature bake, the moment where she turned around to um, Paul when they were presenting their bakes, and she said yes. Well, he asked what the apple bit on top was, and she was like, "It's the clagginess, you know, that sort of congealed <laughs> feeling you get mm. from an apple pie." And of course, we're all sitting there going, "Hmm, nice words, probably not for the bake off." Um, no. To which Paul was like, "Don't say that, like." <laughs> You're just talking your bake down completely. But she is, uh, yeah, one of a kind. Very interesting personality. I, Yeah. She's she, so funny. I, to be honest, I, I don't know how many more episodes we're going to see Lizzie in. Because she that's kind what I was going to say, yeah. Um, she's having a great time. But as she admitted, <laughs> uh, when Matt Lucas asked whether she'd practiced her McDonald's apple pie brandy snaps, she said, well, she went into the practice tent. But instead of baking, she just chucked on a DVD of Harry Potter. I love it. What on earth? That's like, this is like one of the biggest opportunities of your life. I'm sounding like a teacher now. And, um, come on. Yeah, I know. Biggest opportunity of of your life. But at my school, I was at an all girls school. So every sentence ended with girls. So it was like, this is the biggest opportunity of your life, girls. Come on. Now, ladies. Listen, ladies. It was very annoying. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so she obviously procrastinated very hard, didn't do any practice. Just watch Harry Potter, which I love. And it made me think, what on earth is the like maddest thing I've done in procrastination? Because at uni, <laughs> I was queen of procrastination. I got into student radio because of procrastination. So I just thought, <laughs> Lizzie, I understand you. I understand you so much. <laughs> we get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. that was a brilliant one. And I, I kind of liked, uh, I had sort of two reactions to that one. I was like, ooh practice tent it was like a little bit of the behind the scenes sort of yeah. how they run the bubble and everything and then on the other side i was like almost giving her a standing ovation in my living room just go yeah this is this is the sort of thing that we want from the characters on bake off um it's like a sitcom oh it's great i think that's what they're making it? it to be a bit more um yeah the idea as you say it's a bit of behind the scenes yeah okay cool there's a practice tent you know they're doing the baking but actually why is there a dvd player in the practice tent (laughs) also what is in that dvd collection i would like to know a bit more about that is it there Mm. just because of the bubble and do they have their own individual tvs or like portable dvd players if they're still a thing (laughs) these days because they shouldn't really be looking at anyone else's bakes maybe that's how we ended up with two coffee espresso things if they're all sat around watching Uh, harry potter and like oh well i'll just do that because he's done that because i've been too busy watching alan rickman it's just (laughs) it's a bit weird 
It's, that's how the whole Black Forest Gate last week happened as well. I know. Somebody was watching Lord of the Rings and all of a sudden we've got four <laughs> Black Forest Cakes yeah. in a week. Someone's um, accidentally yeah. ordered too much Kirsch and cherries on the uh, Waitrose <laughs> order and they just arrive midway through Lord of the Rings and they're like, ah, I was distracted, wasn't I? <sighs> yes. Take those DVD players out. <laughs> Remove them. I think it was Prue on the Kirsch, to be fair. It's always Prue. Prue loves always it. Prue. That's why we've got Brandy Snaps this week for Prue. She loves alcohol in her bakes. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, someone talking of Prue, we have to talk about Prue too, which is Maggie. And last week, Prue, yes. she seemed quite annoyed. She didn't really enjoy the comparison, I don't think. So much so that she said that she might sort of hope that Maggie goes out early <laughs> so the jokes stop, because that's fine. Um, but Maggie, she had a bit of a disaster in her own words this week. She wanted to create mm. a traditional brandy snap, said that people tend to get too sophisticated. But we just heard about the McDonald's brandy snap, but sophisticated. Okay, we'll go with claggy. it. Congealed. Congealed and claggy. <laughs> well, Maggie uh, did a traditional classic brandy snap because she thought it would be nice for everyone to try the brandy snap in its original form. And she made it blackcurrant and had creme de cassis as well. And it didn't go very well. No, we're going to go traditional, which means you're going to go simple, which means you need to execute it perfectly. And it ended up soggy, underbaked and chewy. So um, it was like... Great. Um, yeah, tricky one for her. I, I really felt for her, but I also thought the, the blackcurrant flavour, I was like, that's a bit of a weird... I mean, I'm not a massive blackcurrant fan anyway. I think most people over the age of nine aren't. Um, <laughs> the occasional throwback to Ribena if you're feeling like a child one day, but, I, you know, it's the opposite end of the spectrum from malt loaf, you know? Yes, it is. You go through your blackcurrant years and you end up in your malt loaf years later I'm on. I'm still in my blackcurrant years, by the way. <laughs> I, I can, can't drink an orange squash, but give me a blackcurrant oh, yeah. or a summer fruits. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, see, summer fruits, yes. I'm, I'm with you on that one. This is revenge for last week. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a very strange combination to have blackcurrant and brandy together. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it didn't really work out for her anyway, which is a real shame. You're right. She would have had to have made it perfect, I think, if she was just going to stick mm. to the traditional brandy snaps. It had to be amazing, like the best brandy snap Prue has ever eaten. But I imagine Prue is a regular consumer of brandy snap when she's not eating malt loaf or oh, yes. pond puddings. And um, <laughs> yeah, it didn't really you work out. You're going to bring those up every episode. I thought that. It came into my mind and I was like, shall this be a thing this season? I just it's, won't stop talking about pond puddings. It's the weekly Sussex pond pudding moment, everybody. Uh, something that I wanted to talk about is George because George always seems quite nervous he's very like oh my god how did I get here I don't understand and last week his mini rolls really didn't go very well so he had to claw mm. it back with his Cypriot cinnamon and chopped pistachio and orange blossom cream brandy snaps which sounds amazing but something I thought was interesting was he was talking about mastic I, I don't that's a spice mix I think I haven't heard of before yeah. it must be Cypriot um, but Prue said don't put too much of that in because we don't like too much of that. But then that gave an interesting question. Like if he was creating quite a, a traditional Cypriot bake or this is what you, you put in to make it taste exactly the same. Is George yeah. having to adapt his bake purely for Prue and Paul's taste? And then I thought, how far do the bakers, how much have they watched? Do they know whether Prue and Paul like a certain thing? Are they then just adapting it to try and get further along by catering to their own tastes? Cynicism. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point, that one. And actually, I like that because once again, we've now uh, seen them insult a whole cuisine. Um, yep. It's just offensive always, this show. No, I, I thought that was um, a really interesting point because 
I think they are going to have to do that in some way because they are sort of, um, you know, getting Paul and Prue to judge them. And there are certain things, there's something else in the episode that somebody meant, oh, um, uh, Noel was saying about Ginger yeah. at one point. And he was like, you know, yeah, you know, Paul loves Ginger. And you think, put more in them. You know, yeah, exactly. You, you sort of wonder about that. And we sort of joke about the fact that everyone puts booze in because uh, Prue loves the booze. And Mary Berry did back in the day. It's something about the uh, female judge on Bake Off. Um, <laughs> so people do definitely play up to that a little bit. But yeah, you think with considering that was like a you know patriotic bake and a, and a national bake and they wanted it to be George wanted it to be traditional I thought it was really strange that they made that comment and I wondered if he changed it as it was they said it was excellent taste at the end but once again two weeks in a row it looked an absolute mess I know George doesn't have sort of the presentation I guess of some of the others bless him but his flavours were good and he really held on to that comment of Prue saying it looks sensational he said it about three times or something after I think he's always going to remember that Prue said one of his bakes was sensational why not he's having a great time that'll be on his email signature in the future exactly I know um and I think probably uh one of the most memorable people so far of the bake-off has to be Jürgen we haven't spoken about him yet but his sort of physics engineering background is really coming out in bakes and in moments where I never thought it would (laughs) so he's doing a chai spice um brandy snaps with creme patissiere and he talks about how he's been experimenting with chai to make sure that it's been in his creme pat for, you know, that must have been while everyone was watching Harry Potter, he wasn't into it. So he was busy in the practice <laughs> tent trying to come up with his chai creme pat. And he said he's using over 50 grams of cinnamon in it, which I thought was a bit nuts. Um, but yeah, he, cinnamon. A lot of cinnamon, I know. Um, but he had, I've written down part of a quote that Jürgen was saying in his sort of uh, bit to camera. He said, the starch wraps around the protein strands of the egg yolk. And I was like, oh my Ooh. God. He knows, he knows all of the science behind his baking. That's why he's so good. He just knows how everything's meant to interact. And then you cut to people like the rest of us, like Lizzie, just going, I'm going to make a McDonald's themed brandy snap. And then Jürgen's there <laughs> talking about starch and protein very different starch and, starch and egg white you've got claggy and then you've got george who forgets to close his oven door i mean <laughs> yeah. you've got such a range this year Jurgen, yeah. though i just i just oh you've got to love him haven't you and he got a handshake from matt after his and um matt was like oh, it doesn't really you know count for anything it doesn't really matter and he was like oh it matters to me and i was like oh he looks so emotional after that handshake that handshake from matt lucas means nothing Dude. it's not from paul but he loved it anyway I know. What's he going to be like after a Hollywood handshake? Jeez. He might need the medical team to come in. (laughs) I'm sure there is one. Come on. on. (laughs) Yeah, please help. Just some fanning. That's that's what they have in ambulances, isn't it? For certain things. They would back in the day for Victorian ladies, probably. Yes. Bring in the fan and some smelling salts. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) moving on from smelling salts. Yep. We'll move on to the technical challenge because I spoke to you yesterday uh, for listeners that haven't Googled JP. Why why haven't you? But also uh, he hosts a regular show on Brooklyn's radio and we spoke on it about uh, the potential names for what Channel 4 were going to call a jammy dodger yesterday, didn't Mm -hmm. we? We were already we we already had some ideas um, and they came up trumps. 
They did. And it's quite funny because there's a, a trend on TikTok at the moment on social media, which is tell me you're doing something without telling me you're doing something. Yeah. And yesterday's episode really was just tell me you're baking a jammy dodger without telling me you're baking a jammy dodger. Although there was then that thing, is it a jammy dodger or is it one of those jam cream sandwich, like a fox's biscuit? Because yeah. it was a little bit more like one of them. Um, yeah, it was. it was sort of like some hybrid mashup of jam biscuits, but they went with sandwich jammy biscuit. Sandwich jammy loved. biscuits. Yeah. Which <laughs> again, not. sounds very odd. You've got all of the like 42 year old people in there being like, I'm going to make a jammy biscuit, but it doesn't, it <laughs> sounds weird. You can't, Chig's saying, oh yeah, I've had a jammy biscuit before. I know what they taste like. I bet he's thinking, this is so embarrassing. I can't say jammy biscuit. It's like, if you want an ice cream, you cannot order a knobbly bobbly because why no. would you want to say that? You can't. I know. And I also just had in my mind afterwards, I was like, I can just imagine them doing the introduction and doing, you know, on your marks, get set, bake. And then they stop it. And then the producers come in and go, right, everybody, before we start baking this one, uh, a couple of things. As you heard, they've called it a sandwich jammy biscuit. We have to go with that. You can't call it a jammy dodger, a jam cream, this massive list of things. Uh, right, everybody, you're ready. And off you go. Because they must have done that. Like, it was also very corporate and on brand. I know it was. Um, so I decided to have a little look online uh, about oh, jammy no. dodgers. <laughs> I know because come on, I'm, what else am I going to do? This is very on brand for me. I googled jammy dodgers because you're right; they were a bit different <clears> than <throat> what they were making on there. Uh, and I found out a few facts about jammy dodgers. Um, apparently, the jammy dodgers obviously they don't have cream in, whereas I'd much rather have a jammy uh, jammy sandwich, yes. whatever crap that has. <laughs> Uh, cream sandwich in. jammy biscuit. jammy crap yeah so um uh, but apparently in the united states they have uh happy faces which are like our jammy dodgers um but they have cream in as well and they've got they've got Ooh. faces i don't know if you can see my ipad there's just the most terrifying picture of a a face can... <laughs> it thinks it's a face <laughs> oh my god sorry that that will haunt you all that's that <laughs> i think oh I'm terrified. Oh, I wish I'd got a photo of that. Oh, I'll send you it. I'll send you a clip of that. <laughs> this is so weird. This is what the green screen does. It's just cut out a happy jammy face. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. sorry, everyone. Stuff for nightmares. But okay, <clears throat> we'll stick to our non-cream-based jammy dodgers. Um, but they have, if we must. If we must. If we don't want to look like that. We don't want to have that. That's terrifying. Um, but something I didn't realise is that jammy dodgers are considered a children's biscuit. I didn't realise those classifications. Biscuit. Yeah. They said really? on the Wikipedia page, jammy dodgers, despite being a children's biscuit, and then it listed a stat about how many adults consume jammy dodgers in a year or something. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was very surprised that there are anything out there that's a children's biscuit. Maybe Cadbury's mm. Animals. That's the only thing I could think. But I suppose you could ask, uh, argue a party ring, maybe. Yeah, or just anyone that's maybe. having a party. Oh, I, I quite like a party ring, to be fair. I but I, I argue that. I might even go to Wikipedia and change that and take it away again, because that is just wrong. It is a wrong. child's biscuit. Do it. Um, and then my second fact about Jammy Dodgers. Uh, did you know they're actually named after Roger the Dodger from the Beano? No way. I was yeah. a big Beano fan as a kid. That's I was really? a Beano fan. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really weird. I don't know why. I guess because they That's wanted so to appeal cool. to children. So they called him a jammy dodger. Well, it is a children's biscuit. I don't know if you know that. but Well, uh, apparently it is, is a children's biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, which I'm, 
I don't think I'm very happy about, to be honest, but they've released lots oh, no. of different flavours of a jammy dodger. And I think originally jammy dodgers are actually raspberry, which is like the king of all fruits. Um, but there's okay. loads of different flavours that they've tried. Uh, hmm. Lemon, toffee, orange, chocolate, vimto, gooey apple and Ooh. berry blast. I think you'll what? find it was congealed apple. Um, congealed no, apple. I, <laughs> congealed apple. Lizzie's special edition. Um, yeah, they sat all for... Lemon, no. Mm. Uh, toffee? Toffee could be all right. I quite like a toffee biscuit. Anyway, would I they be calling toffee. it toffee? Would, would it be lemon dodger, toffee dodger, gooey apple dodger? It's just, mm, mm. Sorry, oh. the Vimto one, however, wrong. Well, you don't like Ribena, so you definitely don't like Vimto. <laughs> It's just, that's wrong. That's, that's wrong. I, I'm blaming that company. I've got to admit, I tweeted yesterday about Jammy Dodgers and therefore ended up um, on Wikipedia trying to find out the company that make them. I was like, who? Because I thought it was a McVitie's thing. No, Burton's Biscuits, apparently. Yeah, I know. There you go. So there'll be a run on Jammy Dodgers again this week. If you if you went out last week and bought Serene Malt Loaf, <laughs> I judge you so much. But if you go out this week and buy Jammy Dodgers, then we can be friends again. You know, if you're I was in isolation, so it was fine. Um, well, that, <laughs> that leads me onto the question which you guessed I was going to ask at the beginning or just yep. before we even came onto this. Um, did, were there any Jammy Dodger adverts this week? Because there was a Serene Malt Loaf one mid-show last year. Was there a jam, sandwich jam me biscuit advert? I don't believe there was. I didn't oh. see a Jammy Dodgers one. I, you know, yeah, I hoped there would be, but there wasn't this week. Jammy Dodger, obviously, or what do you say, Burton's or Biscuit Company Burton, or whatever? Burton's Biscuit. Well, they obviously are very happy with their sales at the moment, so they didn't need to advertise in Bake Off. But we do get a lot of ads. Lots of people were complaining about the ads, which, okay, yes, they've stuck another ad break in. My take <laughs> on it is it's better than having that all the time or even more yeah. if we lived in America because literally that's what American TV is. Oh, it's every five minutes. Yeah. But then also, uh, it, it is, as we said last week, the one of the only shows that people are going to be watching live on TV so they will watch the ads. Yeah. So TV, the TV industry has been absolutely wiped, you know, over the last couple of years. Let them make some yeah. money back so they can start making some more programs for us that are a bit more entertaining than... Some of the dating shows that they've got on at the minute. Come on. so Yeah, let's be honest. Some more top quality programming, please. Yeah, some no, more about them. cakes. Yes. Well, that's the thing. We always start it later here. So 8.20, we usually start Bake Off on a Tuesday so we can fast forward through the adverts. Um, but if not, then that's the good time to go and get biscuits. So exactly. we had cookies last night, biscuit week, eating fruit note cookie today. You, you know, that that's the best thing about Bake Off in the breaks. You need to pace yourself, go and get a biscuit, a couple of steps if you've got a Fitbit. And uh, yeah, you know, make the most of the ad breaks. Exactly. Um, Amanda made a good point during the technical challenge. She says, who makes biscuits you can buy in the shop? You can get them for 11p, can't you? Which is true. <laughs> but we've already had the first challenge in biscuit week of Brandy Snaps, which arguably not a biscuit because you can't dunk them. And, and then Jammy mm -hmm. Dodgers. No, you probably wouldn't make them at home. But can you dunk a jammy dodger? I mean, if we're keeping our biscuit classification, you can. Ooh. But I think you get a bit of a bit of like the jam turns into something quite hard. I think when you dip it in tea. Yeah, I was going to say that's not going to be the best biscuit to dunk, is it? What biscuit would you dunk? Going off piece now. Okay, I would dunk a lot of things. I'm quite a cereal dunker. Not like, not, okay. I'm not saying cereal as in Cocoa Pop, cereal as in like often. As in regular, regular dunker, dunker of anything. Mm. Um, I have pretty much 
I think I'm safe to say I've tried about 99% of the biscuits here in the UK, like the, the standard okay. types. So like, if, I, if I give you a biscuit, are you going to be like, yes or no? You, I can, you give, can you give you pros and cons of dunking dunk pretty dunk. much every biscuit. This is so my I know, dream. I know from Brooklyn's Radio yesterday, favourite biscuit, chocolate digestive. That's a dunker, right? Dunker, because digestives, unlike rich teas, where you've got to be absolutely careful, you can't even leave them in for longer than like half a second. Digestives, Mm. they've got a bit more substance to them. So you can dunk them, they can get the tea in there. But when you've got a chocolate digestive, it gives you some more integrity so it doesn't snap. But because it then melts, because I'm disgusting, you can lick the chocolate off. It's great, I know. And then have the like sort of mushy biscuit bit, which is nice as well, you know. But the chocolate's the best bit. Um, So yeah, definitely. If it's got chocolate on, 100% a dunkable biscuit. Okay, pink wafer. Ooh. Pink wafers, they don't don't go into that nice mushy texture that you want from your dunked (laughs) biscuit. They still have sort of some crunch in there. I like a pink wafer though. They're very sweet. I'm not usually a wafer Mm. fan. You know, I'm not someone that likes... um, when you go out and have an ice cream, I don't want it in a cone. I'm not interested no, in that. I'm so, a tub person. Yeah, I'm a tub person too. So I uh, see this is why we're friends. Um, so <laughs> I, I would dunk a, a pink wafer. Um, I would, but it, it's not mm. as good as not as good. a standard biscuit. I'll go for one more. What about a ginger nut? Oh, I definitely dunk ginger nuts. Definitely. Yes. But you can tell this is this is bad because I have like proper knowledge of <laughs> what it. happens when you put a ginger nut into tea. It's because they've kind of got those cracks in them. And obviously some I'm not I'm not as scientific as Jurgen. I haven't thought this through, so I'm gonna wing it and it's gonna make no Why sense. Not? But just go with it. Because the actual biscuit like consistency, there's sort of gaps, sort of a bit more than you would have in a rich tea or a digestive or something. There's some sort of gaps Mm. in there. Um, So when you dunk it in, the tea goes in, but you've got to be careful because when you lift it back out, you can get tea dripping down you from the biscuit. You can. That's a good point, actually. It's an absorbent biscuit. Exactly. So they're quite hard. So you've got to dunk it in. You want to get it sort of as soft as possible. So you leave it in there a little bit longer than perhaps some other biscuits. And then you've got to take it out. Quickly eat it, but you're gonna, you might get tea down your arm. Could be a bit of drippage on that Maybe one. Maybe I'm just I've a mess. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit, I'm one of those heathens. My mum reminded me last night when we were talking about biscuit dunking. She watches Bake Off too. Love it. That um, as a child, I used to bite either end off of a chocolate finger and use it as a <gasps> straw with hot oh, chocolate. That's amazing. That is God tier. I, I have that's, never that's not done really dunking, that. but oh yeah, it's good. It's good. I heard uh, before. I think I read it online, or someone told me, or something. That people have bitten the ends off two Twixes before, like the same Twix finger before Ooh. both ends, stuck it in tea, and then sucked tea up through it. Because you've got kind of that like weird biscuit like tunnel that goes yeah. through underneath the caramel. But no, that that's weird. With a chocolate finger, I think I'm very much uh, I want I want to lick the chocolate off things. So <laughs> biscuits, biscuits only. Um, and Cadbury's fingers when you dunk them in, I'd be licking mm. the chocolate off. I wouldn't have even thought of trying to use it as a straw. There you go. We come from different worlds. We do. Whew. Glad, glad that. That, that was over. educational. That I was. Like it. it was. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the comments or online. Send us an email or find us on Instagram at Bake Off Pod and give us some more biscuits if you want to, you know, find out whether they're dunkable or not because we could do this for a while. 
Um, <laughs> but quickly moving back to the technical challenge. Now, um, Paul set this challenge and he was saying that they've been given stamps to sort of make sure that the, the top of the sandwich jammy biscuit looked exactly like it would in the shop and they had to cool them. And that was the thing that mm. seemed to catch most people out. It had to be chilled, the dough, before they could take the heart out the middle. Amanda was struggling. She was saying hers looked a bit like mashed potato, which you never want with biscuits. Um, so it seemed to be the main issue was making the dough cool to keep the sort of um, the pattern on top when it goes in the oven, basically. Yeah. And it was funny because as soon as the episode started and you see Paul coming out in his uh, shirt, always a shirt for Paul. And I was like, it, it does look a little bit like a hot day. And I think they do Biscuit Week right at the beginning, not only because it's one of the basic weeks before yeah. we get onto the fancy themes later in the series, but it's one of those things that you do need slightly cooler weather for if you're doing things like shortbread and that because of the, the, the butter so i was like it's really mean when they do it in really hot weather um but it makes great entertainment for us i know i love so it good. they they do biscuit week they do cake week biscuit week to hook the new people in or to get yeah. people st- stuck in and then they can just start bringing out like the absolute mad weeks that they do sometimes tudor week has still never left me just it's weird <laughs> Uh, 80s week was so good but they i mean ice cream cakes in the height of summer i can't wait for when we get to that absolute madness stage like the fever dream stage of week eight or something (laughs) because they've run out of normal baking that that's the best time it's the best bit of the series when you get to the very end of each episode and it's like what's it going to be next week what sussex pond pudding week (laughs) (laughs) not again yeah Things that Noel Fielding has dreamt up week. I want that. The Mighty Boosh Whoa. week, I would like. Mighty Boosh week would be great. Maybe that links to what we've always said about the FA Cup style challenge uh, yes. generation as well. This week, they will have to make biscuit sculptures of Tudor houses for Tudor week. It, exactly. You know, the 1560s week. I'd love it. I'm, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to seeing the, the sort of wild card weeks that come up. It will be fun. Um mm. Before we move on to talking about the most fun, which is the showstopper every week, um, Jürgen, again, excelled in this technical. He got first place again. And there seems to be a little bit of a rivalry, I think, or it's playing out like that between him and Giuseppe. Giuseppe, you can see, really wanting to win, but he comes in second. And he's so lovely. He's like, well done, Jürgen, you know, gave him a little pat on the Mm. shoulder or something. Um, But there's a rivalry. You can see the two of them (laughs) sort of going, right, I want to be number one. Like, it's basically like... I want to be head boy. It's very much yeah. like that. I know. And you just sort of think for both of them. And I, look, I'm, I'm a massive Jürgen fan, but also I thought Giuseppe, brilliant baker, great stuff last week, great stuff this week. And as it was getting to that moment of star baker, those were the two in my head. And I was sitting there going, I don't know when, which one it's going to be. I'm not going to spoil it just yet. But yeah, I was like, which one's it going to be? Because it's always seems to be between those two in, yeah. in the bakes and everything so far. I think it will. I think that's going to continue. I saw an interesting tweet yesterday. Somebody put out, um, which I thought was the funniest thing I saw on Twitter yesterday, was that someone uh, had said that Giuseppe looks like nearly headless Nick from the first Harry Potter. And I just thought maybe Lizzie had thought this and this is what distracted her in the signature challenge. Maybe. But I can't unsee that now after looking at that photo. That's John Cleese who plays nearly headless Nick. So Google it if you don't remember. It's been a while since that film was out. Um, that would make a great uh, cookie jar, wouldn't it? Biscuit tin. Just yes. lift the head up to the side, hinge it out. Biscuit. I love it. Oh. All I can hear is Emma Watson going, nearly headless? Nearly headless. How can you be nearly headless? <laughs> I think I used to say that all the time. I don't know. Very Maybe odd. Maybe we don't have Harry Potter week this week. Oh, this year. 
Oh, Great, wow. Would that be? That would be so good. The rights to that, though, come on. They Warner Brothers. True. They've just got to go for it. Oh, I'd love that. They do. Well, now that Netflix has got all of the Roald Dahl stuff, uh, maybe <gasps> Love Productions could uh, do something with Harry Potter or with Roald Dahl. That's why maybe, is this not happening? I know. That's maybe why they've added this, the fourth ad break, so they can actually make more money to start buying rights from shows and Roald Dahl or Harry Potter, maybe. It would be Plus, a lot of thousands I, I oh, guess it'd be, it'd be loads yeah it would having be. said that bake off is now on netflix so you know maybe Ooh, maybe interesting we will see um last place from uh the technical was rashika she isn't someone necessarily that's shone through too much yet um her signature she was doing coffee and irish cream so she was another coffee person so she hasn't mm. really stood out really she's sort of quietly been getting on with it but it looks like that her uh, jammy sandwich biscuits needed longer in the oven. They didn't really have any definition because she didn't use the cutter in the right way or anything. So maybe yeah. she's going to get a bit noticed, but sadly for being nearer the bottom. I know. She's one of those middle of the road ones. I um, I was messaging some friends last night watching Bake Off. And of course, I know who they all are because we do the podcast <laughs> yeah. and I have to know who they all are. But I was saying that I was like, it's a shame for Sheikha. And they're like, who? Yeah. Who's that? Uh, why do you know their name? <laughs> it's like, hang on. Who, what, why? What, what, who? So, um, yeah, Rashika is one of those that I think will be quite middle of the road. Um, but then you tend to get a couple of people like that during the series who then, if they get through to the sort of midway point, either then shine or absolutely crash and burn. So uh, here's hoping. <laughs> Talking about crashing and burning, we've got to talk about the Showstopper Challenge this week, oh! which was to create a 3D biscuit replica of your favourite childhood toy. And it had to include, if that wasn't enough, an interactive element. And they had the very long time of four hours to bake it. Now, I always love that bit as well. Like, how long are they going to give them for this? What, four hours? Just yeah. give them a day. Yeah. A week to make this. They've got to build an entire landmark out of biscuit. You get a week. Stonehenge. I know. That, that would be very easy. That would be good. It would be good. That's a good one. Mm. Um, so they were all creating their favourite childhood toys. I feel like some of them may have picked some favourite toys, not really favourite because they were easy, as you say, the Stonehenge to make out of biscuit. Um, others went mad with their interactive elements. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through. We'll talk about George first because George, he was one of the first people that they showed on the Bake Off yesterday creating his Showstopper Challenge. He was going to create an aeroplane made out of gingerbread with candy floss clouds. Um, mm. And I thought it was going to be really good. But his interactive element was a motor. So the aeroplane was actually <laughs> going to fly around on the table, which I thought was going to be amazing. Um, and George, as we know... You, he doesn't tend to have the best artistic ability. So he got the motor no. working and it looked great. But I don't know if you really wanted that plane to be flying around and, and making a spectacle of itself, really. I know. It went from, oh, no, the motor's not working. It's sort of just juddering around a little bit to it sort of swinging it manically around the tent. <laughs> and I was like, ah, nye, nye. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is for him as well, he for me was sort of in the danger zone he came eighth in the technical his brandy snaps looked an absolute mess even though they tasted great so i thought actually for him he's sort of you know on the bubble a little bit here and yeah when it came out with the plane i was like hmm 
It's not the neatest thing in the world, um, but hurl <laughs> it around the tent and it's fine. Yeah, it's like, whoa, you can't even very see much. it. I know. It was very ceiling fan. It was uh, it an was. interesting one. But his interactive element was, was good. Well, it wasn't interactive. Mm. It was just doing its thing anyway. But okay, it was impressive. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. We had Chiggs doing his snooker table uh, and Rashika, oh, yes. she did pinball. And Giuseppe, he had a reversey board game. So he was like sort of board type games. They mm. they were all right. I thought a board game is probably the safest bet. You could probably do snakes and ladders or drafts or something out of biscuit. And it seems to go sort of okay. Um, but then some someone that didn't go safe was Jürgen because he's just too cool. <laughs> Jürgen and his abilities to build anything out of anything um, came up trumps. He created a windmill and it was the tallest in the tent for this challenge. He had tweeled sails and a spiced Scandinavian gingerbread. Um, Jürgen, I just, I love him. It looked amazing. Um, but he did, he did start doing a bit of a, a, a sad monologue at the beginning saying the reason he's picked a windmill is because he was very poor growing up and didn't have a lot of toys. Now, yes. okay, that's very sad. Is that true? Or mm. did he just have this windmill design that he absolutely wanted to create to show off? And It was pretended. a tiny violin moment, wasn't it? It was like... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I have to admit here, I was a little bit disappointed because it was great. Don't get me wrong. It looked amazing. Um, and it worked and it spun and this, that and the other. But it looked a little bit plain. And I just, I didn't want it to look garish and, you know, brightly coloured and that as some of the bakes do over the years. But I just, I don't know, I wanted something a little bit more, maybe some icing on it or something. Yeah. I was a bit like, eh, you could have tied that one up just a little bit. That's true. Um, but yeah, it, it was still amazing. As you say, the fact that it held together very well compared to some of the others um and was so tall and substantial i mean that must have been weighty that sale um yeah i I thought it was a really really good bake i think it was good i think with this challenge that's something different about um this showstopper from some of the other ones is actually it wasn't really a baking challenge it wasn't really a biscuit Mm. challenge because they had all said oh well we need to make a sculpture so we're going to use gingerbread Pretty much everyone. And um, (laughs) so it was it was really a structure test. Can you build a structure? Can you make it do something rather than this flavor is really good? You know, uh, this different type of biscuit was really good. Your baking was excellent. Obviously, they didn't want terrible gingerbread, but it was all about sort of the structure, it seemed. Um, Mm. But you're right, Jürgen, he went quite sort of. I don't want to say traditional, but making a windmill out of biscuit isn't traditional. It was just very kind of like a classic design. It was very like yeah. pleasant. It wasn't the uh, airplane going around on the ceiling fan with, you know, bright red icing on, which I loved. And it was hilarious. Um, but Jürgen, you could see that as like a centerpiece in a very sort of formal setting. You know, politicians yeah. meeting up in Holland to discuss climate change or something. There was the windmill. You could see that <laughs> as the centrepiece. Exactly. So it was good. But I can see what you mean about it not being as much of a showstopper, maybe, as it could have been. Yeah. And I think the things like, um, you know, you think about traditional gingerbread houses and stuff that come from Germany and everything. They're always decorated with little sweets and icing and everything. Um, and I thought... Conversely with that, Giuseppe, I was really interested with because mm. he went for the board game. And of course, we've had biscuit board games before yeah, back in the day. But what I liked about that is the fact that, yes, he went for gingerbread, but also he went with some other biscuits for the counters, the other chocolate and the vanilla. And I, I was like that for a biscuit week, that's more of what I wanted instead of just here's a massive hunk of gingerbread that I've sculpted and 
you know made some, it goes around. somehow interactive yeah, yeah you know um so i i really liked his i think was my favorite or one of my favorites because he just went a little bit different with it um and went for other different types of biscuits i suppose yeah he did he, he had some chocolate orange biscuits in there filled with a yeah. ganache so he actually was showing off more baking skill than jürgen in this mm. even though jürgen is being heralded as the favorite out of the two i think i don't know if that's just because britain are still bitter about the eurovision or something um but <laughs> giuseppe his his was really good um so somebody else's who did a little bit of the sort of um spinning the childhood well we didn't really do a lot because it was after the war story just to make an maybe an easier scene was maggie she did sort of yeah. stick to her oh everyone's going a bit crazy with their flavors and everything and i'm going to create mine and it's going to be very traditional and very you know um so she created a beach scene which looked great and it was gingerbread beach huts and they had a surfer there um but it wasn't interactive and it wasn't a toy no. Now, considering Tom went home last week for not hitting the brief, yep. I was sort of surprised that they weren't harsher to her. And I, yeah, I was kind of, dis- again, disappointed with her because I thought it could have been great. Literally, she said that her toy was a surfboard. There was one biscuit, which was the surfboard. That that was it. Yeah. And she totally missed the brief on that so it wasn't as you said and i was thinking about it a minute ago i was like oh, crumb was it interactive and i forgot about it it wasn't even interactive no so she totally missed it it looked good and so the beach huts were great and you know she she made some good shortbread uh, not shortbread um gingerbread but yeah totally not the brief and got away with it where tom didn't last week which i thought was a bit odd exactly i, I don't know if it was something about uh, maggie's character you know being all you know sort of the sweet older lady even though she's Pro- literally not old in the slightest because she there was no. videos and pictures of her up mountains in the snow in her camper van mm. and everything so it's not the uh you know old you know she's a bit old card nothing like that <laughs> i just it was interesting because she said something like oh we didn't have a lot of toys growing up because it was post-war which okay that's true and when she was quizzed on it by paul because they did say well it's not really a toy is it a beach scene because he said maybe do a bucket and spade um but she was like oh well i couldn't really think of a favorite toy that i had well it it doesn't really need to be accurate does it like Mm. if your favorite toy was i don't know a, a Tamagotchi or something, you know, back in the 90s. Uh, and you thought, I'm going to do that in Biscuit Week. Well, it's not really elaborate. Maybe you'd decide to do something a bit different, like Lego or, or whatever. You know, you'd yeah. change it to make a good biscuit, surely. So if she mm. thought, oh, well, I didn't really have a toy. Well, you know what toys are. Like, make one. But do you think do she was something. a bit like, oh, I don't want to stray too far away from, you know, my own experience or personality or something. She didn't, she didn't want to make a football or she didn't want to make a... <laughs> you know whatever Maybe. else is a basic toy a teddy bear you know yeah she played it really safe and so she she just didn't really do the what the task was i thought no you know, the challenge which was a real shame it was and the the interactive thing which i thought was quite funny is you know george has got a motor you know uh chigs you could play snooker on his table rashika yeah, that's great they tried to do a pinball okay it broke a little but you could probably play pinball a ball moved around whereas maggie she had tied the surfer to a bit of string so you could sort of just pull it along that's what you'd 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 actually play more with a cat than you know that just it's mm, like it's not mm, it's not very interactive 
but but there no. we go. So it wasn't her best week. I thought, you know, she was someone to watch really from the first cake week. But this week she she let herself down a bit, I thought. Um, some of the others, we had Christelle, who I quite like. Um, she's created a vanity play set with a poppy seed biscuits and a sugar mirror. And it had over 50 parts to hers, different lipsticks yeah. and jewellery and everything, which I thought was quite good. I thought hers looked looked really good. And it was very different, actually, from everybody else's, I thought, in the tent. Genius. I thought it was such a good idea. And I really like Christelle because actually she... Um, she's quite conscious of it. She's really trying hard. And she went up there and she was like, you know, I don't really know what they're going to be like. And she was like, I'm quite anxious about it. And it looked brilliant. Like, it was such a good... Um, bake, I thought the mirror, you know, using the isomalt for the mirror, I thought was a great idea. And just to, you know, pull it out and you've got everything in this little compartment so well thought out. Um, I mean, yeah, it needs to taste good as well, but it's gingerbread. Um, exactly. Yeah. Everyone was gingerbread. So basically, okay, the gingerbread was fine as long as it wasn't burnt, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it had to look I good. I thought she did so well. So well for that one. She did. She did well. I liked it. Um, Lizzie, who... Uh, had been doing hilariously with her McDonald's. Uh, she also said, just going back to the McDonald's, that she fed mm. her feeds her dog McDonald's. The dog likes a Happy Meal, apparently. Don't know if that's a joke. Oh, I missed that. Or yeah, Prudence Weird. the dog enjoys a Happy Meal. I'm going to have to find a Happy Meal. It's exclusive. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to find Prudence the dog on Instagram now because they gave the uh, Instagram uh, link, well, not link, but the username on um on screen so i'm gonna have to have a look at it and um, but she oh. created a chocolate and gingerbread toy truck with a paint palette so it was sort of white and then you could use the paint to paint the truck and i thought that was quite good but paul and prue thought it was a bit of a cop-out you know that it wasn't <laughs> interactive enough but i was thinking like even with christelle's her interactive thing is a draw you know maggie's is pulling a string along actually yeah. having a paintbrush to paint on a truck i thought was a bit better than that I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was absolutely genius. Um, yeah, I really like the idea of it. And I thought, I, I, don't know, I sort of get where they were coming from and saying it was a little bit of a cop out. But actually, she still had to decorate and put the white on the side of it and make sure it looked that. And if anything, it's harder to make sure that something looks like it's supposed to without colouring it in and decorating it. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought she did really well with that one. Genius idea. Yeah, I thought the, maybe the only thing she could have done is, you know, done a bit of the few, a bit of the paint job herself on it before she gave it to mm. the others. I don't know. Um, but yeah. they, they didn't seem too excited by that interaction. But but I liked it. Um, I think we should probably talk about the actual two main people in the Showstopper Challenge now. And that was Amanda and Freya, because they'd both come up with the same idea to create a rocking horse. And one went very well and the other <laughs> really, really didn't. It was amazing because as soon as the word shortbread was uttered, I went, whoa, that's it. <laughs> it was like, out of all of the biscuits to use, so they've all used gingerbread because gingerbread's yep. great for building. It's a strong, robust biscuit. Shortbread, by its very definition, is supposed to be crumbly. And, I know. And so why, why on earth would you... Yeah, it was very strange. And I... So Amanda went for the, the shortbread biscuit and... Yep. It was really sweet because there was this moment where she started putting it together and it literally cracked. But the first two bits of biscuit she put together cracked and it was like, great. So she started gluing it together with sugar. And then Freya, bless her, came over and helped her. And she's like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be all right. I know. You know? 
And there was this moment where it felt like it might be okay. She put it into the like, display stand and it was like, great, it's sort of standing up. And then 30 seconds later, next shot, it's just a pile of bits of horse. Um, <laughs> on, on Literally, uh, it was like, wow, okay. It was like watching um, yeah. a, you know, a two-piece slot machine when it pays out. That's what I thought. Yes. You were there waiting. I, I like that. You, thanks. You had that sort of like, you know, okay, it's there, it's on. And it was as almost as if, yeah, oh, you had your 2P on and it was getting pushed out by the tray and then it all collapsed. It, it wasn't good. And you're right, she used no. like a shortbread style biscuit. I think it was like an American sugar cookie type biscuit, which I mm. think is the same consistency, quite crumbly. And she said that she didn't really want to use gingerbread because she thought that was so obvious, but she doesn't also herself like um, gingerbread because it's quite hard. She prefers a more crumbly biscuit, which, okay, Maybe you do, but maybe it's not the time for personal preference, much like exactly. Maggie and her beach toy that, you know. Um, yeah. It, Fre- just, Freya the vegan was making butter last week. Get over it, love. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Amanda, I think sugar cookies are something that I see online all the time. You see on mm. Instagram and TikTok and stuff, people decorating them so like beautifully and so yeah. intricately. I, I, I have wanted to make them. Um, I've made them once and tried to ice them. And after like two seconds of trying to use like icing, I thought, yeah, I'm not suited for this. I'm not interested. I'm just going to eat it. <laughs> icing on, eat, done. Because it is so difficult. Um, but she, she did give it a good go. She did really mm. stick everything together. It looked from the lovely drawing that they get done every time of their <laughs> bakes. It looked like it was going to be a triumph. But as soon as those biscuits were stuck together, it started crumbling it was just the wrong type yeah. of biscuit. I bet she... It was. She thought probably that she was going to be the only one, maybe. It was a risk, wasn't it? So she was the, sort of the only one doing structurally um, a different type of biscuit. She probably thought, oh, it's a gamble. And it didn't pay off. No, no, it was it was a real shame because it was a great idea and made worse for her by the fact that Freya mm. did exactly the same thing, but in gingerbread and... Actually, that I thought that looked stunning. I thought it was really good. Again, the icing and everything, which Jürgen could have done on his, Freya yep. did on hers, and it looked so good. So that made it a million times worse for Amanda. Oh, it did. Um, At the beginning, yeah, so when, she was worried. Yeah, she really was. At the beginning, when um, I, th- I guess it was like a, one of the production team had sort of mentioned, "Oh, you're not the only one doing a rocking horse in the tent." She was very much like, "No, I'm not the only one." Like shouting over everyone, "I'm not the only one doing a rocking horse in the tent." So I think she was mm. a bit put out that Freya was also doing one. But you're right; it was a sweet moment when Freya came over to help. But also, it was yeah. slightly twisting the knife in because she was the other one doing the bake <laughs> that Amanda wanted to do, and it was going well. But then she ended yeah. up actually helping Amanda. Um, my boyfriend was trying to call sabotage. You know that she came over I was and just as soon about as to say. She, soon as she picked up the horse it broke i don't think it was that i just think it was you know that bad luck and unfortunately freya had really thought about it and um stuck with the traditional gingerbread so it it looked good and yeah that that horse it looked sad didn't it it really did it did it did not good um i think someone we need to talk about because actually he's a big part of this episode but his bakes weren't very memorable, to be honest, is Jerzino, who created a sailing ship spiced gingerbread and it had interactive lights. Uh, Jerzino, he he was chosen. I'm just going to put it out there. He was chosen as the worst <laughs> baker of the week and he has been yeah. voted off by the judges. Um, mm-hmm. But I, don't, I didn't find his bakes 
other than the sailing ship very memorable like his uh signature challenge i'm having to scroll up and being like what on earth did he create it's like, what was it? Uh, I've got it here. Uh, oh. Chocolate, passion fruit and pineapple. I mean, that in itself isn't a great um, combination, is it? Not necessarily. I don't, spiced pineapple, for, I've never had. I'm, I bet it's nice. He did have a little accident mm. with his cream on the hob. It kind of went everywhere. Um, yeah. And I've written down a note that he didn't finish his showstopper last week either. So actually it was timings and just sort of the, yes. you know, how the challenges were going that seemed difficult for him. But it looked great in the drawing, this this sailing ship. But again, when it came to presenting it to the judges, it, it looked mm. a bit of a mess. Yeah, it, it was. And again, great idea, great concept. I like the rice paper sails. Yeah. Uh, you know, the bits of treasure that he had on the deck. I was like, you know, he's he's thought about it. He's tried to make it interactive. It was colourful. Um, I think it went too far the other way. He sort of just slapped some colour on. <laughs> Obviously yeah. borrowed some of Lizzie's kit, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, it was it was a good idea on paper, but it wasn't executed well at all, which is a real shame. He came ninth in the technical as well. So as you said, it, for him, it was a, a poor week. And he sort of disappeared a bit this week. And I yeah. have a hunch as to possibly why, okay. weirdly. So this week was, as we know, plagued by technical issues. The voiceovers were completely out. Oh, yeah. You couldn't hear, if there was music, it was, you know, you couldn't hear it. But also, I have a feeling, and I haven't checked this, so I might be wrong. But I also have a feeling that they spelt his name wrong last week. Ooh. And his name is now being spelt differently on... The, the website on Wikipedia on you know everything. I think they spelled his name wrong last week, and that's why this really? week they just sort of brushed him under the carpet and got rid of him because they they, they got his name wrong. I think I'm going to double check. It may that's be that I written it down wrong, mm. but I think I copied it down when he was first introduced last week. And this week, everything I've seen has got his name spelled differently on, including their social media. So I was like, mm, this is a bit weird. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to I'll rewind back on the sky from last week and see how they actually spelt his name because that would be interesting. Mm. Yeah, he didn't seem to get a lot of screen time, really. But I, I guess because no. he, he's he's not one of the big flamboyant characters that they've got in there. You know, mm. he seems like a really lovely man, you know, in his sort of um, video bits of telling the audience about who he is and what his life is. He's very much, he likes going on walks with his dog and putting his feet up reading a book whereas some of the others were like i play my trombone and here's my pet rabbit that lives in the house and i'm a horse rider on the beach and so jesino kind of got lost as you say in in the mess of everyone else really so yeah and it is bakes is you know we're good on paper but it wasn't memorable the ship um but i was actually surprised that he went out because it was so he was sort of so quiet some of the other people who had quite bad weeks maggie she didn't have a good week she didn't follow the brief the um no. the brandy snaps were, weren't good so i thought she was you know in the running to go but i also thought lizzie was in the running to go and amanda mm. because of her falling uh horse i was thinking sheep why sheep definitely <laughs> the definitely falling horse sheep. falling sheep what's that <laughs> my brain is mad um no so I, I, I had those on my list too i thought they were gonna go yeah yeah I thought Jezino didn't make enough of a scene to be the one to go. And the episode didn't yeah. focus on him so much that he was going to be the one to go. So mm. I, I was surprised it was him, really. I would have liked to have seen more, but he he seemed to not be able to handle the timing. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to handle the timing, but <laughs> he, he didn't seem to you know be able to complete his bakes in the right time and have them look anywhere near like the pictures that they he had described. So maybe he was <laughs> the right person to go. 
there's always that fun game of how much is the illustration at the beginning actually like their bake and how much is it the illustrator's gone let's make it look what it should look like in my mind and we'll then see the absolute car crash that comes out yeah i guess that's it yeah that's it really isn't it that the illustrator has to um actually go off the descriptions of what the bake's going to be like to show everyone because he can't at the beginning show what the end result's going to be in his drawing because Mm. then everyone will have seen it so he's actually got to go what it should look like which must be really hard maybe uh, maybe he's really into baking so he can really visualize it but if you're a brilliant illustrator and you're not so into baking yourself you might think oh how on earth am I going to draw this when the ending cake (laughs) actually did not resemble anything like it well, that's the thing. It's like if you imagine maybe they take a photograph of them at the end because most of them do look quite similar. But if you just get an Amanda, a photograph of Amanda's, you know, <laughs> Ikea style horse. Yeah. Um, like what was that going to look like when it was, I don't know. That could have been the interactive nature. If she said it was a flat pack horse from Ikea. Yeah, you go. You've solved it. Ah, <sighs> Amanda. Tweet opportunity. I know. I know. Um, Star Baker again this week is no surprises. Jürgen for his brilliant Woo-hoo. ability to create structures and things. Jürgen, I feel like because we're going to have bread week next week, maybe Jürgen's uh, thing isn't bread. Maybe it's just been the sweet stuff, the cakes and the biscuits, because usually, you know, people have favourites, mm. don't they? People who are good in bread week are not necessarily good in cake week. And then you've got the other way around. So maybe we might see uh, Jürgen struggle a bit. Maybe. Because he, can he be this yeah. good? Really? Well, Straight out the well, gate? I think next week is going to be Giuseppe's week. Because Ooh. one word, focaccia. Yes. It's Italian bread. Italian it, bread. It's Italian. The Italian man, Italian bread. If he doesn't, you know, ace the focaccia, what's going on? I reckon next week is, uh, yeah, Giuseppe's week. I think it's going to be a good week for him. But I don't know if we've had somebody who's won both of the first two weeks before. I was going to research that, forgot to. Um, yeah, like I don't know if that's happened before. I really no, don't. No, I can't, I, I can't remember. Peter last season did very well, but I can't remember yeah. if he was star baker both times. We've had so many seasons now. You need like a whole day to be able to research whether these certain things have happened in the tent before or whether they've done this certain challenge before and things. So I, I don't yeah. know, but we've had people who have got star baker quite consistently. Peter was one of them. I think we had an Ian a few years ago that kept getting star baker quite often. Um, we did. So, uh, but I think at some point... Peter, it was Peter first week, Dave second week last year. Ah, uh, yeah. So... Oh, I'm going back in time. <laughs> Reminiscing about Bake Off's gone. Um, but Jürgen, we're going to have to see if he can get another star baker for the third week running or is Giuseppe's Surely. nice exterior going to change and is he going to start really duelling with Jürgen? Because I can see it. <laughs> I can see it happening. I can see it in yeah. sort of his face thinking, oh, I'm going to, well done again, but I want it to be me. So, so as you please. say, for catcher. Oh, we have got one actually, Stephen, who was on the year where Sophie won. Yes, Stephen. I think Stephen was uh, star baker for the first two weeks. Well, there, there we go. go, researching as we go. But at least, Live at research. least you all know now. It's good. <laughs> uh, it's good. Um, so next week, as I said, we're back with Bread Week, which usually I think is about week four. So we're doing it a little earlier. Mm. So maybe next week will be one of the wackier weeks after that. Um, but you said that we've got for catcher. Um, I don't know if I can remember some of the other ones now. I haven't written them down. But um, I don't know what the middle one... I don't know what the technical was. It it looked weird. It was like a bowl of this weird gloopy bread mix with stuff chucked into it. It might have been like olives and stuff. I don't know. It, it looked a bit of a, 
a Sussex pond pudding of a loaf, oh, really. Oh, no. It was, Not again. <laughs> it was a the wet... The bread version. Well, thing. Not good. Uh, yeah. And I can't remember what the last one was. No. Oh, we're be both well we researched. We love bread week. We I love, love it. bread week. Bread week is so good because Paul Hollywood lords it up and acts like uh, the Bake Off Jesus, essentially. Yeah. He does. He walks around. His hands are more in his pockets as usual. He puffs out his chest even more than usual. And I swear he makes his eyes more blue and piercing than usual in Bread Week. Yeah. So that's what so we've got Hollywood to look forward to next week. So exactly. Hollywood of Bread is back. Can't wait. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, thanks everyone for listening and for joining us uh, on In The Mix again this week. Uh, especially JP, who is literally always on the other end of my phone when I talk to him about <laughs> Bake Off. Um, but thanks so much for listening. I know. Um, and remember, if you don't follow us on uh, Instagram, please do. We're at Bake Off Pod. We put posts out like this. We put different... Uh, I was on JP's radio the other day. We'll put that out. You can have a listen. See what we get up to in the week when the Bake Off isn't on. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we'll see you back here next week for Bread Week. Woohoo!